When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Vernomatic Productions. Hey, good evening, everybody. Vernomatic here. Hope everyone's doing well. Tonight's episode, we have Roy Z, the guitarist, songwriter, and producer of the last six Bruce Dickinson solo albums. Well, the new one comes out tomorrow. It's called The Mandrake Project. It's been in the works since about 2011. So Roy, Roy's here to tell us about um, how they put it together, how these songs came about, the meaning behind the songs, and they talk about the uh, upcoming tour. They talk about the videos. They have a tight friendship. They've been friends for years. They've been releasing material when Bruce does this solo stuff. So it's a real cool interview. If you're new to the show or missed recent episodes, last week we had Doug Pinnock of King's X. We were doing a Black History Month roundup. Uh, two weeks ago, we had Steve Wino Weinrich of The Obsessed. And then the beginning of the month, we had a couple of our rock and roll detention episodes. We had uh, the Hair Metal Deep Cut special and History of Metal 1995. So let's get into this. Roy Z. For my partner, Metal Walt, I'm the Vernomatic. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music, interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. A proud member of the Pantheon podcast team. It's getting nice and heavy. Now, welcome our hosts. John the Vernomatic Verno and direct from New Jersey, Metal Walt. Well, it's been over 12 years in the making, and our boy from uh, the Iron Maiden camp is solo again. Bruce Dickinson, March 1st, is releasing the brand new one, The Mandrake Project. And we're lucky enough today to have the producer and guitarist of Bruce's solo band, Roy Z, with us. Roy, welcome back to Metal Mayhem ROC. How are you, buddy? Doing good, doing good. Thank you for asking. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. I'm up here in Rochester, New York. My partner tonight, he's down in New Jersey. Goes by the name of Metal Walt. Walt, say hello to Roy. Roy, what's up, man? And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go back in time and I'm gonna remind you, hopefully, of a memory you remember with me. It was on the uh Halford Crucible tour. They did you guys did a bunch of shows in Japan. You came back and did two shows in Brooklyn. And we went, I was at the show. After the show, we went to Duff's, which was in New York City at the time, not in Brooklyn. And we were all there. We we partied really, really late. And one of my most memorable medals of, uh, metal memories of my life, and you were in the pit with me, was all of us together singing Heaven and Hell around three in the morning. Tell me you remember that moment. Uh, I, I would be lying if I did, if I did tell you that I remember. I don't. I remember you. I just don't remember the heaven and hell part. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> well, it was three in the morning and it was 20 years ago. That's so. right. That's right. That's right. But uh, Roy, congratulations on uh, the new album and your contributions. You're a big part of this. So um, listen, you have you and Bruce have a long history and a background. Um, you go back to the beginnings when you started collaborating on Balls to C- Picasso in 1994 this is the first time you guys have been collaborating since uh, Tyranny of Souls in 05. But um, talk a little bit about the origins of this album. Like, um, was this in the making for a while? And, and how do you craft a vision around Bruce's vision? 
you know, he's all he's flying jet planes around the world. He's on tour all over the place with Maiden. How do you make this whole thing work and put it together? To answer the first, the beginning of your question, there's one song on there from that we did in 2002. But uh, I would say that 80% of the record was written in 2012. And then uh, from what I understand, Maiden, we're going to take a break. Uh, I know that because uh, Dave Murray hit me up to do his solo record. <laughs> but, and, uh, and, uh, but yeah, no, we, we just started working on stuff. Bruce came over to my home and and we just started writing and uh you know things happened and all of a sudden one of the tunes that we had was uh if eternity should fail and uh and then so that got picked up by by by, by maiden uh and um and then they decided not to take off the time they were going to take off and then they went on tour and they went on tour and they went on tour supporting that. We got back together once again in 2018. We had plans still to do stuff. And then uh, then the then we had that whole pandemic situation go down. And we were basically on lockdown. Uh, but finally the time was right for us to finish up and get her done. You know, I was just checking into this. Dave Murray never did a solo album. Whatever happened to Murray doing a solo album? I don't know. I want. I want. I want to know. I. I. I want. I still want to do it. But we. 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 We agreed to work together. Uh. Uh. uh oddly enough, um, I was lucky. I was blessed enough to play rock and Rio Um, on my own. Uh as far as just being myself, not in a band. And uh Maiden were playing Rock and Rio and Dave and I ended up uh on a beach in Copacabana at like five, three, four, five, six and like we stayed up all night just talking about, you know, doing his record. And it never happened. So but also at least one day it will. Hey, Roy, like, um, you know, uh, reading the press notes, they call the Mandrake Project. They said it's not just an album, but a dark adult story of power, abuse, and struggle for identity set against the backdrop of scientific and occult genius. So I'm just curious, like, you being the primary songwriter, I mean, you played bass and guitar on the album, but how do you work with Bruce? Like, how does he, because he's a mastermind in so many ways, how does he take a vision of what he's thinking because it's obviously an important piece of work for him. He's not putting a solo album out every two or three years. How do you take his vision and put the music towards it and exchanging of ideas? Like, how does all that work? How do you put? How do you realize a project such as this to the finish line? Well, it's funny that you use the word vision because uh, when I produce records, it's my job to make the artist's vision happen. And... Uh, and then we just, when I worked with Bruce, uh, you know, the creator gave us a chemistry that is just, it's like, it's like butter on toast. You know what I mean? We don't have to work so hard. We work hard. We work, don't get me wrong. We work, we work, work our butts off. But what I'm saying that the, 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 the way that we come together is very natural. And um, and we also happen to have some mutual influences that we're able to exchange um, from musical musical themes, um, bands, but also just the vibe. I ju- I was just saying to somebody uh, we were talking about the new video, and and I go, wow, man. Um, like the video is cool, this and that, and I go, yeah, it's total, you know, Hammer House of Horror. Like, there's not a lot of people that I know that are fans of Hammer House of Horror, but Bruce is, you know. You you mentioned the vision, you guys, you know, you you two finish each other's sentences. You you know, you're joined at the hip, and like you know, when we start going into the first track, Afterglow of Ragnarok, 
that there was the debut song. It was the debut debut video, and uh, it's you came out with a bang. Well, let's talk about that first opening track because it's a um, big epic, uh, cinematic track. Personally, I, I love it. I think it's a throwback kind of song. It gets right there. The guitar is consistent, has a um, nice, clean, digestible sound. Oddly enough, the first two songs were the last songs that we wrote together. And I came up with my parts within a half half an hour of each other. So to me, they're like twins because Ragnarok and Many Doors to Hell were written within one hour from the musical standpoint. Uh, then Bruce heard him and says, oh, he just started, you know, going off and writing his words and melodies and stuff. You know, I, I, I just, you know, I, I deal with the musical side and I leave the rest to Bruce. And I just try to create canvases for him to do his thing. So, Roy, like, on a song like Ragnarok, though, like, you look at the video, right? And it's not even a video. It's like a mini film. I mean, mm-hmm. there's words up on the screen that present, like, what's to happen? I must create a system or be enslaved by another man. You know, then this character that's created, Necropolis, comes in. There's a spirit gathering. This coin gets flipped, which then you look and you're like, oh, shit, that's the album cover art. You know, he crosses the ocean. Things are blowing up. There's mass menis on a table. Then he comes out of this post-dream state, and he's like, I oh, he tells his wife, I've seen the Mandrake Project. Like, it's just amazing to me. Like, did you have a part in this whole, like, creation of the character Dr. Necropolis and the comic series and Tony Lee, the British writer, coming in? Like, were you around for all that as as the vision is being crafted? Um, Initially, yes. I wasn't involved. I would just listen to what Bruce um, like back in 2012, Bruce's vision of these these characters that he had in mind back then. And so I would try to create canvases for him to express himself and create what he was creating, which is ultimately this magic project. Because it's, it's amazing, right? Because, like, that's a big responsibility that you have to take on and ownership because of a, of the complexities of a song like that or Rain on the Graves where he has a vision of it. it's not just the music, it's a storyline too. But um, then you get into, let's say, the second track, Many Doors to Hell, right? Believe the tales I tell, many, many doors open to hell. But, like, talk about, like, the music in that one. Like, that one, it's, it's like a catchy 80s vibe, with the guitars and the drums, it's melodic, it's radio-friendly, got a little Hammond organ touch in there, and then Bruce comes in and he sings his ass off, like on the bridge and the chorus, got a killer trippy guitar solo, but talk about that track, because you talk about contrast from songs one, two, and three, it's all over the place. Well, 
you know, that's why it's a solo record. I mean, and uh, it's it's Bruce's solo record. Uh, I just bring in the music, most of the, not all of it, but most of it. And I, I just try to do things that I know that he's going to like and that, that I know and just give him that canvas for him to do his magic, you know. And he comes up with all these concepts and ideas. And I just think to myself, you know, like, I mean, this is this is awesome, you know, like to have be able to work with someone that um, comes up with not just words and melodies, but a whole, you know, it's like a, it's like a docu series almost. It's almost like its own Netflix going on, and um, and so uh, all I have to say is that uh, I'm blessed enough to you know to have him as a sounding board as well and he has me as a sounding board but most of the time he just goes and and he's he's just happy you know and that's 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 my gig is to make him happy hey roy on the on the rain on the graves video uh wanted to get into track number three i mean number one it's it's a killer song because the the bluesy riff supports the lyrics and the storyline big catchy chorus but I was curious, um, is this the first time you've been presented in such a way in a video, like a film? Like, and, and for our viewers, if you haven't seen it, you got to check it out because, you know, Bruce is out there playing the role of a preacher, talking to the devil, guys popping out of the grave. And then all of a sudden, like, the touring band comes out and it looks like you guys are in, like, steampunk clothes. Um, it was really, really cool. And then at the end, he kind of visits the gravestone of William Blake, this poet. So talk about making that video and being in the video. Well, you know, being in the video, I just had to, uh, you know, um, the, the, the director was really cool. And I just said, hey, what do you need me to do? And so I just tried to pick his brain. And, uh, and he, obviously he had a storyboard with Bruce and, and they had written this stuff together. And I just tried to, you know, just mold myself into that. It was a long and cold day. I'll tell you that. We're in Where was huge... that shot? Was that out in LA? No, that was in, in Cornwall down in uh, Southern England. And it was cold and it, and it was perfect. Uh, and then that, and we knew it was perfect when it started raining outside. <laughs> to be honest with you, uh, I had my fun of trying to be an actor in that thing. And uh, there's some scenes that nobody will ever see, but some funny stuff. We had a, we had a good time, you know, because I, I, I had a suit on that didn't fit me. And, uh, and they put all this dust on me. And I just like, I don't know. It was a trip, and just to see all this magic go down. It was cool, but it was cold. I'm not gonna lie, it was cold. My feet are cold now to think about it, just thinking about it. <laughs> Country churchyard, I came across a man. He smiled and slowly beckoned me with a trembling hand. Did you come to gamble? Huh? Did you come to pray? What's the meaning of your business here on a stormy day? The raindrops spotted on the tomb from gray and leaden skies. Deny me once, deny me twice. Don't look in my eyes. Well, you know, video shoots are long, boring, and uneventful as it is. And then when it's like 30 degrees and rainy, can't get any worse. Hey, maybe some of that uh, 
B-roll footage will show up on a blooper reel at some point. We're going to take a quick break, but listen, if you like what you're hearing here, do us a favor. Get up to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to this. Leave us a review and subscribe to the pod. When we come back, we're going to hear a couple questions from listeners and viewers of the YouTube channel, and we're going to take an even deeper dive into the brand new Bruce Dickinson's The Mandrake Project. We'll be right back. Metal Mayhem ROC. I'm Metalhead. Metal Mayhem ROC is the home for metal from the very beginnings. This is James DeVere from Hellstar. You're listening to Burnomatic. Dave Overkill from the Cleveland band Destructor. Hey, Dave, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. It's a longtime headliner. Hey, this is Red Beach from White Snake. Hey, this is Vinny Apathy from Dio, Black Sabbath, and Last in Line. To music of today. Hi, this is Olaf Wickstrom from Enforcer. Hi, this is Braun from Mastodon. You're listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. With John the Vernomatic Burner. Plus, we talk with producers and authors to give you behind the scenes info. Hi, this is William Irwin, author of The Meaning of Metallica, Ride the Lyrics. Greg Renoff, the author of the book Van Halen Rising and the uh, Ted Templeman book, A Platinum Producer's Life in Music. Pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Metal Mayhem ROC, a proud member of the Pantheon podcast team, giving you more to listen for. Join our community and always remember to keep it heavy. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Roy, we have a YouTube viewer. He has a couple questions relating to the video. The first one is, the upright bass in the video, not usually seen in metal for sure, just a comment. And then this is from Bob Olson of Rochester, New York, who's a guitar player. Gets a little deep. He says, your guitar in the rain on the graves appears to be a JG, Italian or Swedish. Looks like a take on the old Guild Starfire with a unique tremolo. Did you have a part in the design? Hiccups look to be humbuckers. Are they a signature model? Uh, well, let's go to the base. Um, the base was was uh, a, a prop. Uh, 
uh, to to signify, um, just to like kind of give us uh, a a look of I don't know uh, of a time period, and so and same with the guitar. To be honest, it, and it was an Italian guitar, and it and it was hired. Uh, I, I it was just hired for the. This was the vision of 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 uh, the director and Bruce. Uh, so, uh, to be honest with you, uh, I had no idea that I was going to be playing a guitar like that, or that Tanya was going to be playing a bass like that. We just showed up, and they said, "This is what you're working with." All right, yeah. Bob. There's your answer. It's just a prop. Sorry. So uh, the track "Resurrection Man," um, eternity has failed again. So that that theme and that line is placed in that song. I caught that pretty well. But Roy, this song's freaking really cool in a weird way because it's like this country western. It's got a skip and a trop to it. I can almost imagine like a horse coming down the street on it, and it's got this cool boom, 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 one chord bass line. And then mid song, you're thinking, all right, this is going to be like a short little country song, and then all of a sudden, it's like Sabbath heavy riff comes in totally vintage sounding totally killer and then you go back to the country feel so i love that one talk about that one again that's bruce playing the uh the dick dale bit he's like can you get a dick dale sound i'm like yeah so i said just play and let me dial in this sound and i um uh and so i'm dialing in the sound and he's playing the riff and i'd like and i hit record behind his he didn't know i was hitting record i just said just and then that was it. And that's Bruce playing that bit. The down, 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 down. You know, but it just it just kind of like we were going for that, you know, Dick Dale meets, you know, Ennio Maricorn, you know, that 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 uh spaghetti western vibe, you know. And then um and then the middle bit, uh, I just said, What about something like this? And then we started putting that down, you know, and so it was just, again, a nat- natural progression of things. So uh, I-, I don't know what else to elaborate on it other than uh, I really like that middle bit. And I think people are going to headbang to that. If we play it live, you know. Hopefully oh, my God, because it, because it is. It's like two different. It's like black and white contrasts. And there's another truck later, a track later on there. You have a little bit of that, too. But I think that one stands out. Fingers in the Wound has one of my favorite lyrics of the whole album. Take a pearl from the oyster and feed it to the swine. I mean, I don't even know what that means, but it just sounds pretty badass. But um, love the key, the little keys in the piano, the acoustic guitar. That one, like, has the music subtly, and it allows Bruce to come in the forefront and kind of deliver the storyline. And again, this is another one where all of a sudden you're shifting into this, like, Arabic Middle Eastern breakout jam, and it's not just, like, music. It's like a fucking killer jam. So comment on that one. Well, um, uh, this was a tune that Bruce had, and uh, um, uh, I'm not ashamed to say it almost didn't make the record. And I said, no, this has to make the record. This is a really good song. And, uh, there's a line in there that goes boom, 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 the very Arabic stuff. And then I came up with that, and then we just built around it, to be honest with you. Um, and, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Fingers in the Womb was an important song because um, it showed that we were, we did, I didn't give up on the song. And after I didn't give up, then Bruce didn't give up, and we built it up. And we made it happen. And I'm really proud of that. You know, Roy, um, the eternity has failed. The connection to the maiden. Uh, how did this come about? The solo versions, uh, very similar, but shorter. Quickly uh, lay out the landscape of how it was on a maiden album that made it onto here. Well, the, our, we, we did the original. And that was our, we had our demo. And uh, which... I don't, we don't really do demos anymore. We just add on to our demo. So it's just a fa- we laid down the foundation for that tune. And then uh, Bruce played it for The Office. And uh, 
And I guess Steve heard it and they decided to put it on, 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 on the Maiden record, to be honest. And, uh, but then Bruce said, um, I still want to release the original version. And so we worked on that and finished it up. And it's that simple. So, um, it came out in the, in the different sequence that it was supposed to come out in, but our version was the first version. Yeah, I did a little, uh, I was playing both of them just to compare it. And there's some differences. There's a different chorus and just the uh, assembly of the song. It's a little different on the uh, Mandrake Project version, but a great track nonetheless. The next track, Mistress of Mercy, that's my favorite song. The riff, killer bass, the guitar intro is second to none, and Bruce's vocals is uh, excellent. It's contagious. It's addicting, that chorus. Yeah. Uh, again, um, it was just uh, hanging out with Bruce, and he picked up my guitar, and he said, I have this, he goes, I have a riff. And I go, cool, let, let me hear it. And so he, he showed me the riff, and then, um, then we were just, you know, uh, messing about and work. And then we started just working on that song. You know, I, I programmed the beat. I remember that I programmed the beat. And, uh, I mean, we didn't use the, the, the we didn't use that drum machine bit and, and cause it's real, all real drums except for, uh, Sonata. But to, no, I mean, it was just something organic. Bruce had an idea, and we ran with it, and we put it together, you know. And, uh, and we said, hey, let's go a little proggy in the middle. So we go a little proggy in the middle. And and then I'm like, you know, uh, I was uh, it was around the, when I did that solo, it was around the time that uh, Jeff Beck died. I said, I want to give like a little nod to Jeff Beck in here. So that's about it, really. You know, it was just something that that uh, Bruce had an idea, and we just ran with it. Hey, Roy, one observation with uh, every song on this album is every song, the chorus, is overly melodic. It's just an observation I had, and I think it's well done, and I appreciate it. Well, I don't know what to say other than that's Bruce and I, you know, we're not, we're not crooks. We like hooks. There you go. I like that. <laughs> Well, you, you you ran with it and you ran far. It's it's my favorite track. And hey, any chance it's going to be in the live set? Honestly, I have no idea. Uh, I, I, you know, Bruce is formulating everything for us, and uh, his vision is now going from uh, from vinyl to the stage, if you know what I mean. And uh, so we're just all excited and waiting and, you know, and we're excited to share what we're going to share on stage. Well, like I said, I wish I'd be able to see it. But in any case, uh, the next track, uh, Faces in the Mirror, a more softer song, piano, mm -hmm. acoustic. Mm -hmm. um, what's what's the vibe behind this one? Well, that was that was completely written by Bruce on his own. And and he does the he he's the one playing the acoustic guitar solo, and that's a first. So he actually plays, he's actually on the record quite a bit. And uh, but on that song, that was he wrote that song. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm a recovering alcoholic, so I thought he wrote it about me. You know, uh, to be honest, uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh man. He's, He's trying to get. He's trying to get to me through a song. I don't know. It, it kind of felt like it anyway. But I, I love. I just really love that. I, I don't want to say I made him, but I persuaded him to to, to play that solo, and uh, I'm stoked about it. Well, some of my notes: the picking in the bass, definitely in the pocket. It was all. It was all fingers. No, there was no picking. It was all fingers. Well, but the point I'm trying to make is, as a non-musician, you, you mm -hmm. struck a chord with me, and that uh, the bass and the guitar was definitely uh, left a left a mark with me. Oh, that well, that's 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 good to know. 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's bits and verses solo that I actually double, and that's where my geezer my geezer Butler influence comes in because geezer does that for Tony. He just reinforces stuff, you know, and uh, for 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 Tony, and uh, so you know, it, it, it's it's no. Uh, it, it's no uh, uh, mystery that uh, uh, that that I'm a big Sabbath head. You know, I'm really into Sabbath, so you know. So I I I, I tried my best to back Bruce on that one. The um the other thing I like about the storyline about facing the mirror is it seems like in Bruce's vision of his story, this is where Necropolis he starts. You know, he hits his hardest point, and the decline is coming through the story of this song because. Then as you get into the last two tracks, Shadow of the Gods and then Sonata, I mean, mm-hmm. boy, these are both epic tracks. They're long ones in duration, but we'll let's go with Shadow of the Gods first. I mean, it clocks in at seven minutes, um, very theatrical, lots of piano. And again, Bruce is in the spotlight there for a good portion of the song telling the story. And then it gets up to about that four-minute mark, and then, bam, you go into that Sabbath style again. And maybe this is something I'd have never really heard Bruce as it's getting faster and heavier, he just gets into like some really heavy singing there. Um, and then this amazing, great melodic close. So it's really a quite a body of work. Impressive. And I love Bruce's singing on that. Comment on that track. Well, that track was originally written back in 1999, 2000, around there. I, I, I wrote the music. And I have the title, and it was written for what was going to be the Trinity Project with Rob Halford, and and we were going to have Ronnie Dio and Bruce. That was the original, supposed to be the original lineup for that. And uh, so that song, the middle bit there was actually written for Rob Halford to sing with Bruce. So that's why you get that black country style in there. I call it, you know, the Birmingham sound. And, uh, you know, and uh, so that's what happened there. So just writing some, just we were just trying to come up with something uh, for that project, to be honest. And, uh, you know, uh, we've been sprinkling all these songs that we wrote for that project over the last few records. And uh, that one uh, would explain itself to you a little bit better. So Bruce's doing his best Rob Halford in the middle there, you know? And uh, it's cool because they're friends and we've done, we've done music before the one you love to hate. And, uh, and uh, so that was, that was the intention of that when we wrote that. Yeah, that's great. I really appreciate you sharing that context to that. Cause that, that just frames up that song even more, man, but awesome job on that one. So yeah, Sonata, Immortal Beloved, yeah. this closes the album. Nine minutes and 51 seconds, right? Save me now, save me now, save me from my pain. Long and epic journey to close. But, Roy, I want to give you props here because, to me, you do a lot of shredding and great playing on this album, but this is the one that I appreciate most about your playing because it's atmospheric, it's moody, it's trippy, it's mysterious, it's very somber song. But yeah, when you you hear this one, like I, I had it in the car, and then I had it on, on in my computer. It doesn't do it justice unless you have the earbuds on, and it's like a song mm-hmm. to be heard with your earbuds in and your eyes closed. Because towards the back end of the track, um, there's some amazing subtle guitar work that just hides in the shadow of the song. Um, I just love it, and it just shows how adept you are at your craft. So, here's your chance to to talk about this song and how it closes out the album for you. Well, I, uh, you know, I, I wasn't, uh, when I came up with that idea, I was inspired by the movie, uh, immortal beloved with Gary Oldman, where he's playing Beethoven. And, uh, and it's one of my favorite all time, favorite movies of all time. Uh, and, and so, uh, I was going through my, um, this is before a vinyl was hit. This is this was written in about, I'd say about 2001, 2002, around there, and um, um, and I was going through my 
anyway, I was going through my vinyl collection. I had all this old classical thing. And then I'm like, oh, wow, Beethoven. Cool. So I put it on the turntable and I'm just listening to it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make a loop out of this, of, of Moonlight Sonata. Um, and I'm just going to jam over it. And so I put, the, I, 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 I don't know, it, and it was very primitive back then. Um, and uh, next thing you know, uh, it was it was originally done on an ADAT. I don't know if people remember ADATs, but it was like a videotape that you put in and you had eight tracks and that was it. So I put in, I, I, I started the tune with the beat um, on, on the drum machine um and uh and then I, and then I looped very primitively I had to push the button every time that I wanted it to loop the moonlight sonata by hand manually and that took me forever to do uh but then I I put this atmospheric guitar on it and then um I wasn't going to do anything to it and uh so one one day uh at the, at the old studio we used to work out of in Burbank called uh, Silver Cloud that's not there anymore um, I was working on it before you know before work before working with Bruce and Bruce walks in and he heard it he's like Z what 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 the F is that and I'm like well it's uh, something I'm working on and he's like go on let me hear it and then he heard it and next thing you know he's writing words and and we had a tune, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, and then later on he came up with a hook, Save Me Now. And we just thought, man, this is cool. This is a cool track. And it, and it really, um, I think it's our mutually might be one of our favorite tracks on the record for between him and myself as writers. Because it was a complete accident. It's, it's a jam, really. Well, my notes has just epic. Hey. And, and Walt's right. You need you need the earbuds. Well, you know, you, you touched on you really don't have any input on the set list. Do you have any input on possibly this tour coming to the States at any point? Again, I'm, I'm uh, you know, uh, um, again, I'm, you know, uh, I'm open for anything myself, personally. But it's not just up to me. So if the team wants to do that and we come to America, that would be lovely. I think it would be great, to be honest with you. Um, it's been a long time since we played the States. And I think people would really uh, enjoy it. So let's see what happens. Fingers crossed. Because you you are doing a big tour of South America and Europe. You're hitting some of the festivals you know, the problem yeah. becomes that mating comes back to the States in the fall again, right? And so you're probably talking sometime next year, 2025, by hitting it. But, um, I mean, I know it's hard to say, but uh, did you and Bruce, have you talked about, like, maybe not the exact set list, but just how much of this new album will be showcased? And will you go back and, and even do stuff off of, like, Tattooed Millionaire? Will you avoid the mating catalog altogether? I mean, that's a dream Solo tour to me would be do fifteen to twenty songs of just Bruce Solo. Uh, well, I uh, without saying too much, uh, I could say that uh, you know at this point anything's possible. Um, and let's just see what happens. Let's see what let's see what 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 the captain tells us what he wants to do. <laughs> Speaking of being a captain, I'm curious: Have you ever <laughs> been up in the air with the captain? Has he ever said, all right, Roy, I'll come pick you up. I'll be in L.A. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially the early days with Bruce flying. I was his I was his co I was his co-pilot, if you want to call me that. You know, I, I'm not a pilot at all or anything. But uh, in the early days, we'd be up in these little plagues that were like flying Volkswagens, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, I'd have maps and I'd have my headset on and. And uh, all I could say is uh, I, I used to be afraid of flying, but not anymore because if I was going to die, I would have been dead already. Well, you would have died with your Bruce boots on if you did. So that's that's well, <laughs> you know, I you know, 
I'm from the same, you know, I'm from the same hometown as Richie Valens, and I kept thinking to myself, okay, I've got, but I got my buddy Holly right here, so let's see what happens, you know. If, but but no, it was it was it was really adventurous and fun. The adrenaline of being up there and 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 being with him and you know and and just you know he 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 really worked his butt off to become a commercial pilot, and I was I was really proud of him because there was not a moment that he didn't have his books out, just going for it, you know. And to achieve what he achieved is it's just tremendous. But it's just one chapter in his book, to be honest with you. But uh, I used to go flying with him all the time. There was a there was one time where he uh and and I think it was called I think the air the air I think the airport was called Maidenhead in in England and he would and he would practice uh taking off and landing so we would do that for like an hour <laughs> he's doing reps it's practice it's a flying practice yeah you, you know uh, Roy I just want to mention something on a personal level and um out of your respect to yourself 8206 I got sober and I wouldn't be where I am today without you know the help of friends family and you know whatever spiritual uh, guidance you use uh, congratulations, my friend. It's a it's a hard path, and obviously you've achieved professional success, and I hope personal success along the way. Congratulations. I I appreciate that. You know, it, it, to be honest with you, it's 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 not easy, but but um, the love that you that you've gained throughout the journey is the the love that is essential and it's true. You know, and to work with a guy like Rob, who's been sober now, I think going on 40 years or so. Just the um, other day. Yep. Uh, uh, 30, I think it's what is it, 38 or 39 years? Thought, I think I saw 38 years. So it was the yeah. other day he posted. Well, when we did that, when we did that album, um, uh, made, made of metal, there's a song on there called 25 Years. And that was, his 25 years when we did that that's a deep journey his story is his testimony is, is really deep and, and then we have to start an interview with uh my excellent co-host going back to 20 years ago with some crazy night of you guys cocktailing but you know it, hey man just, he, he's hey, just having know, fun <laughs> no hey man you know it, it's all been a it's all been a cool journey but uh, now I just want to enjoy the rest of this thing called life. So, Roy, we appreciate your time today. Um, this has been a very insightful and really, you've really painted the color about the Mandrake Project. Thank you so much. We wish you best of luck on the success of the album and the tour to come. You never know where we might show up and see you. We'll hit you up. One last question for you. On a personal level or a professional level, outside of the Bruce Dickinson camp, what do you got going on musically? Anything else? Yeah, I'm all I'm I'm developing um, my own outlet for my band Tribe of Gypsies and for my own music because I'm not going to go through the the contemporary outlets. In other in other words, I'm not going to let Spotify rape me. Ain't happening. Yeah. So. I'm just gonna I'm gonna pull all my stuff off of YouTube and I'm gonna have my own outlet. Sounds good. Well, uh Roy, the album comes out on March first on BMG. Um tell us where we can get all the information on your your background, your history, everything on the Mandrake Project and Bruce. What are the socials? Um well you start start off with the the Mandrake Project. Um uh, hashtag um, and then of, of course Bruce hashtag Bruce Dickinson HQ on Instagram um, I'm on Instagram Roy Z Ramirez um, I don't do a lot of socials but if you want to know more about me you can look up look, look me up on Wikipedia you know um, and um, that's it all right. Well, listeners, of course, we'll have all this outlined in the show notes. And 
you know, Roy, going back to your vision of getting your product out there, feel free to extend to us. We could put links on our website where whatever you ever need, because we're all in this together and anything we could do here at Metal Mayhem RLC, we're, we're here for you, man. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Roy. Thanks, Roy. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Okay, Roy Z, Mandrake Project, March 1st again. Listeners, just want to remind you, get up to our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Join our community by signing up for the newsletter. For my co-host, Metal Walt, and our fantastic metal friend, Roy Z, I'm the Vernomatic. We will talk with you soon. Keep it heavy. Metal for Life. Thank you for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our website at MetalMayhemROC.com for information on podcasts, archives, links to all our live radio shows, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. And always remember to keep it heavy. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.